Welcome to the Jesus Culture Podcast. Great to have you with us. I took a couple months off, but I'm back. I think that Becky was trying to have a coup, a mutiny of some sort, but I'm back. Uh, Really glad to be here. Just took a couple months off, but Phil, here we are. You guys seem to survive. You guys seem to do just fine without me. (laughs) Yeah, no, man, listen, we did our best, uh, but, uh, you know, Becky got a little out of control. We had to shut it down and uh, we're getting the shit back on track. No, Becky's so amazing. Uh, Becky, you guys actually did. We always tease her when she's uh, off, but. uh, Guess I had some heavy hitter guests, some really phenomenal topics. It It was. It was pretty pretty easy to do good podcasts while you were gone with the guests we had. So. What was it easier to have? Did you feel like, uh, because I interrupt all the time. Like, I don't, I, I. I try to get better at it in life, but in reality, I just interrupt in conversations all the time. Did you feel like there was a better flow of conversation because I didn't keep interrupting? You know, listen, I'm just, you know, I'm going to plead the fifth on that one. And uh, (laughs) uh, what happens is there can only be really one interrupter. And when you're gone, I just turn into that. So really, I just kind of, yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You took my mantle on. Uh, Well, listen, we've got a great podcast for you today. We're actually going to be talking about, um, you know, both Phil and I are pastors and our heart to really come alongside people. At the end of the day, I don't want to do a podcast, just do a podcast. I want to come alongside and help people. I want to walk with them in in their journey with the Lord and growing in things of God and maturing. And one of the things that we want to talk about is this season that we're coming out of, still in a little bit, that I really just with prophetic clarity want to tell people, I believe this was a season of revealing and it was a season of invitation, but we, but we need to not miss that. And God is setting about pruning us in areas so that we can bear more fruit. And so I'm excited to kind of jump in and talk about what is that? What do we do about that? Just when it comes to a season of revealing an invitation. But before we do that, as I come back to the first, po- first podcast I've been on for a little bit, uh, one of the exciting things for the Jesus Culture Podcast Network is we are officially partnering with World Vision. Now, I don't know how many of you guys, I guess if you listen to the podcast, you would know this, but we actually have a Jesus Culture podcast network. It can, it consists of this podcast. There's a podcast for men called Man Camp. There's a podcast for women called Authentic You. There's a podcast for pastors and church leaders called Pastors Podcast. And then there's actually just a weekly sermon uh, coming out of our church here in Sacramento, so the Sermon of the Week. And uh, all of those podcasts are part of the podcast network, and we have partnered with World Vision. I'm pretty excited about this. They're coming alongside and they're going to help make this podcast possible. But one of the reasons why we wanted to partner with World Vision was as a ministry at Jesus Culture, from the beginning, we have had a passion to encourage and call people to take care of the poor of the earth. And I have a deep core value that in your financial life as a believer, you should obviously have the tithe, but you should also be, in, uh, be giving to missions and you should be giving to the poor of the earth and uh, in particular orphans and children that are under-resourced around the world that are living in poverty that don't have access to the things that they need. And so my wife and I, we've been married 23 years, and from day one, we have sponsored children. 
We have partnered with organizations that are on the front line, and we have sponsored children. And that's what we're going to continue to do. And we believe deeply in World Vision. We sponsor a child from World Vision and absolutely love what they're doing. And so, and the Lord told me early on to use whatever influence we have to call people to this. To, to really partner in it. And, and I would say this as a pastor, and I have some level of pastoral influence in your life. I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, but as a pastor, I would really encourage you, not all of us can be on the front lines of missions work. So I, I really am trying, my wife and I support missionaries and give to mission organizations that are on the front line reaching the unreached. It's kind of crazy to think, but there are people around the world that have never heard the name Jesus. They are unreached people groups. So we want to partner with people that are on the front lines with these unreached people groups. I cannot go there but I can help send somebody there and I can help resource somebody who's there. And I feel the same way about uh, children around the world that are living in poverty, that don't have access to medical care, that don't have access to education, that don't have access to food, that don't have access to good living conditions, that there are, there are a lot of great organizations that are on the front line working with them, World Vision being one of the top, obviously. And I just feel that, man, I may not be able to be there providing the resources for these children, but I am going to be partnering with organizations that are doing that in the most practical way is to sponsor a kid. And we talked early on at all of our conferences, we're like, we can't call a generation to change the world and not say, but let's start right now in practical ways by actually financially sponsoring uh, uh, children. So we, the Jesus Culture Podcast Network, um, is officially partnering with World Vision, and there's a program you're going to hear about, incredible what they're doing with this program called Chosen that we'll let you know about. But we're excited, Phil. I, Phil, I don't know what this means, but Jesus Culture Podcast Network officially has a partner. Does that make us like, does that make us legit? Does that make us like like official? We're an official podcast now. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's Joe Rogan and then us, and yeah, uh, that's kind yeah, of shaping the world, yeah. right? No, totally. That's what I I feel that in my heart of hearts. In my heart of hearts, I feel that. We're excited to let you know more about that. And across all the podcasts, you're going to be hearing a little bit more about World Vision. Uh, the reason why Becky's not here and the reason why I'm officially back, even though I was going to come back anyways, uh, is that Becky is on maternity leave. She is about to have her third human being. She's about to uh, make her third human being into the world. And so she hasn't had the baby yet as of this recording, uh, but she is at home getting ready for that. And it's interesting, Phil, and me and you, so, so we're... We're, we're the two husbands right now, and there's no woman here to have this conversation with us. <laughs> this is dangerous territory. But I was I was very young when we started having kids. So I got married at 21. You got married at what age? 20. 20. But you, but you waited a little bit before you had kids. Six years. Was mm-hmm. that intentional? It was, it was. Yeah, we wanted to, you know, Emily and I got married. We we're in college. We knew we wanted to wait till after college. And, uh, and then we started trying, just took a year or so. So uh, we're 21 when we get married, and about three months in, this is before I really submitted my major life decisions to people. <laughs> and so my wife, CJ, comes to me three months in and goes, I want to be a mom. We're 21. Just got married. She goes, I want to be a mom. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And it, was, it felt like two weeks later. It could have been a month later or two months later, but... We, she was pregnant with her first kid. Five months into marriage, we're pregnant with our first kid. And I look back now, 
And being a dad, being a husband, and then being a dad, a new dad in my 20s, oh my gosh, half the time, you know that, you know that emoji that just has, this is my favorite emoji too, that just has the, the, fa- the hand covering the face. That's what I feel like doing for most of when I look back on my, uh, you know, early dad days. Um, of, but, but the, the pregnancy stuff is just so oblivious when your wife's going through stuff. I mean, you're 21, 22. I'm like, what? I don't know. Are you having a hard time? The first child I was, because I was in a hospital room and she's in labor and they had, and the local newspaper, which is, this is a town of like 90,000 people. It's not, you know, this isn't USA Today. Our local paper wrote an article about Pastor Bill, our pastor and our church. So I'm literally there. You can imagine, you can't see me right now, but unless you're watching YouTube, but I have this whole paper up in front of my face and just on the other side is CJ on a bed laboring with our first child. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, they just, they got an article on Bill. I really really want to read it. Our second one, you know, our second one, I went back to work the next day. I think I was, I think she had to call me from work. I was actually at the hospital doing a presentation to the hospital board because I was part of an organization that they give to for youth violence. And uh, I had to stop and go. My wife, I think, just went in the front door. We're going to have a baby. So like, I didn't really take any time off. I, and I'm like, I just left her at home. I could have gone home and supported her more. So I look back a little bit. So, so, But here's what we know. And you know Derek. Derek's just a better human being than both yes, of us. Would you agree with that? Becky's husband, Derek, who's worship pastor, Jesus Culture, the, the podcast producer. But, uh, uh, but you were a little bit older, but were you still like... Oh, I was clueless. I remember, I remember trying to watch Sounders games, a soccer game during Emily's first pregnancy. <laughs> our third, our third one, because Emily had actually like, but in both of our first two pregnancies, she labored for a while. So we kind of bought into the side. We're on our way to the hospital several hours after Emily's water broke. And I asked her to go through a drive through because I was hungry. <laughs> I mean, so the <laughs> level of cluelessness, it's, it's just, Can we swing by and just, get Big Mac real quick. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. Are you busy right now? I don't know what's going on, but I'm starving, man. My 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 tummy's rumbling. Can we go back? I nailed it. Man? I think I nailed it on the fourth. And that's just you know, listen. It's only oh, the reason to have many kids is just your husband. Has, okay, first just, of all, if you, if you, if you can't solve it on your fourth, you are a slow learner. Second, how old were you on your fourth? Oh man, so uh, thirty-four. Okay, and your first kid you had when you were twenty-six. Yes. So that eight years from 26 to 34 is maybe the biggest gap in uh, development in the life of a man ever, right? That's where you become, that's where you go from boy to man and son to father officially. So well done, Gary. Right. Yeah, and here's the only thing I learned is just Phil just do whatever Emily wants or needs. That yes. was, I mean, it's literally, it took me eight years to learn that. Well, on one of your kids, you were actually trying to coach her. You were actually trying to critique. Am I right with this? You were trying to critique her childbirth method. Yes. We went through, you know, Lamaze, those kind of childbirth classes, and they gave a very clear plan of how you're supposed to breathe when you're in labor. And I'm there next to Emily and and she wasn't doing it right. And so I'm like, Emily, you're breathing wrong. This is how you, I was trying to coach her. I mean, I have never seen her her. Helping her with her baseball swing. Yeah, just saying, Emily, I am a professional. I know you're I know you're in the seat right now, but I know what I'm doing. If you would we just were, listen. We were in the same classes and it seems like you forgot. I was just a better student and uh-huh. I just wish you would listen to me right That's now. Right. So you were giving her breathing instructions? And how did she receive that? Did she say, Thank you, Phil? I really appreciate your support in this moment. 
You know, that was what I was hoping for. I don't know uh-huh. if I've ever seen my wife look at me with such despise. And um, I, did, I, I, I didn't know why she was so upset, but I did at least understand I should stop what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> how long until you realized maybe that felt critical and I shouldn't tell her how to breathe? Yeah, she, she told me to stop. She told me to stop pretty quickly. How long, though, till you realized that that was a thing when you were 34? 34? Yep. I, I still, for all three of our pr- first pregnancies, I was still convinced I was right. And if she would just listen to me, it would have been less painful for her. Yeah, I That's, still, I actually, I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you, Phil. I still am with you. Becky, my wife's not here. Your wife's not here. I'm with you. I like, why can't you take some help? Just take some help. All right. This could have been a lot easier if you just listened to coach Phil. That's right. Nothing wrong with that. Well, before we go any further and dig a hole any deeper, uh, we, we are excited to be, a, uh, I'm excited to be able to talk about what we're, what we're going to go after today, just about the season of revealing the season of invitation. But before we do that, we mentioned that we're going to be partnering with World Vision. They actually have a program called Chosen, which is kind of has turned the tables on how sponsorship has normally been done, where you actually choose a kid. This is a situation where a kid gets to choose you. It's pretty cool what World Vision's doing. We want to let you know about it. In the world's most fragile places, devastating aftershocks of the COVID-19 crisis are pushing families deeper into poverty, putting kids at greater risk of hunger, malnutrition, violence, and neglect. Child sponsorship is you making a decision to provide $39 a month for a child in their community in extreme poverty to provide the most basic necessities of life. But most importantly, you provide hope. It is one of the most effective ways to help the world's most vulnerable children in their communities address the impacts of this pandemic and lift themselves out of poverty for good, especially now. The reality is thousands of children are waiting to be sponsored, but what you don't know is everything is about to change. For the first time, World Vision is inviting you to empower a child through sponsorship. Yet instead of you choosing them, they choose you something no organization has ever done before. It doesn't matter who you are or where in the world you live, every single one of us wants to be seen, to be loved, to be chosen. Put the power to choose in a child's hands and give someone a chance to step into a life-changing relationship with you. Text PODCAST to 56170 and sponsor a child now. Yeah, so good. Well, make sure you check out what World Vision is doing. We're excited to partner with them. Phil, you're a pastor. Uh, you're a pastor, a dad, a friend. You're walking with people. This is what we do. You know, this is what we've been called to do. I want to have a conversation about what it is that maybe God revealed in you and what it is that God revealed in people that you're walking with. I think at the beginning, I realized we're halfway through this kind of COVID time and, and, and just all that happened. It wasn't just COVID. It was social unrest. It was injustice happening. It was, uh, you, you know, division around those lines. It was the election for those that live in America. And it was just this, it, it just felt like a massive season of revealing. Yeah. It was almost like the Lord just kind of pull back the curtains or, or at some level, I think it showed root systems, you, you know, it just kind of, kind of dug down a little bit and showed us where our root systems are. And I think, I think it's important that we don't miss moments. I think there are moments 
uh, um, where we go, hey, there's a moment in front of us. I don't want to miss this moment because God, and, and here's what I would start from. And we don't have to talk about the concept of sanctification, but the Holy Spirit is trying to sanctify your life, which is looking like Jesus. So the Holy Spirit's been given to you to grow you, to renew you day in, day out, to look more like Jesus. That's why the fruit of the Spirit, if you want to know if you look like Jesus, is the fruit of the Spirit manifesting in your life. And is it manifesting at a greater level than it was last year? Then you're progressing to look like Jesus. And I think that um, this season, both in, you know, unintentionally for so many people, it was just a revealing of what's going on in our root system. And it, it did for me, it did for a lot of people walk, uh, that I'm walking with. And I think it's not just a season of revealing, but it's a season, and I'm gonna talk about this afterwards, of an invitation in those areas. But if you were to say, hey, this is what I feel like the Lord revealed to me, and maybe it wasn't just all bad revealing. It could have been like, wow, my foundation is stronger than I thought there. Wow, my root system is better than I thought. In your own life and in people you're walking with, is there a common theme that you encountered around God revealing things to us? Yeah, well, and I think, you know, even on a, on a principle level, what, what sometimes we forget about pain is the, the gift of pain is it always reveals what you trust, right? Like ultimately, that's what pain do, does. You, you default towards the very things you trust. And so when you walk in a season like 2020, it was pain in all these different capacities and all these different ways. The, but it was, a, it was an invitation to the pain, the pain of loneliness, the pain of injustice, the pain of po politics, the pain of division, pain of all of it. And what it does is I think it really showed people what they trust. And I do think there is a beauty in that because it probably revealed some beautiful things. I think there's a lot of pain in that because I think it revealed a lot of what we don't trust God in. And then I think it is actually the substance of the invitation. So I'll say this because, you know, for both of us spanning, right, this is a unique answer because we walked through 2020 very personally as individuals. And then we walked through 2020 very communally as pastors. And then the, both of those things actually inform each other in our lives. Like I'm, I can't talk about my individual life and not tell you about my pastoral life. And I can't tell you about my pastoral life and not have it be informed by my individual life. Yeah, and so it's like distinct realities that also are very connected to each other. But I, I, I would say the two things that got revealed to me were first that we have allowed more fear into our foundation than we want to realize. And I learned that first and foremost in myself. If you would have gone back to January, 2020 and said, Phil, you struggling with any places of like fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of man. I would be like, no man, I'm free. I'm the most free I've ever been in my entire life. And that would have been a sincere answer that wasn't lying. And totally. then 2020 made me confirm well, it would have been lying, but it would have been lying, just unintentional lying. An unintentional lying, right? I am free from fear. Yeah, and I, I just, um, I have never had to confront levels of really and what fear is, is the places I didn't know I didn't trust God. And it just, as a pastor, it, cons it was just this, it's almost like God got me into these master holds where I couldn't get out of them. And I either learned how to trust him with these, every single part of my heart, or I wasn't going to make it. And I mean, it just was, now I look back at honestly, and I've told you this, right? We've talked about this personally. It's, it's genuinely the most life-changing season of my adult life I've ever been in. I love, all, I'm going to interrupt you. Um, well, actually, just call, I'm just going to have a conversation with you. I, <laughs> but that's how I have conversations, I interrupt. Um, fear, fear in our foundation, that's a good one because 
and, and I saw it across the board. Now, again, we're talking about in our own life being very much going like, wow, there is fear that pops up in pressure situations. So sometimes, and this is part of it, I don't know if you do the, if, if you have the disc test, disc, the disc test, part of the disc test, if you're not, it's dominant, influence, steady, conscientious, something like that. But anyways, it actually, you, you actually take this test and then it shows you what you perceive yourself as, what people perceive you as, but it actually says, this is what pops up when you're under stress. Yes. So sometimes we're not under stress and we're like, do you deal with fear? No, no, not at all. But then moments of stress come in and all of a sudden things begin to pop out. And I think that that's what it's like, man, there was pressure on us. And when there's pressure, what is in there pops out that maybe we didn't even know was in there because it just hasn't been under pressure. So, and that's not a bad thing. That's a, that, is, that can be a gift as well. But fear is one of those things. And as a pastor, I saw it on both sides. And what I mean by that is many people scared of a virus. There's fear, you know, uh, um, I'm not talking about being concerned. I'm not talking about being safe. I, hopefully I don't have to qualify every statement I make. But, but you know, that, that irrational fear of something. But then I also saw people on the other side that I'm like, well, you're not afraid of the virus, but you've just traded that fear for a fear that America is going to become Cuba. Yeah. And I'm like, it's the same thing, guys. There's fear that's in the foundation. There's fear that's motivating us. Fear of what our nation is going to become or fear of, of fear. And I think, that we, I think that the Lord's wanting to expose all areas of fear. <laughs> and, and there's some fear that we just accept or just say, well, it's wisdom or it's whatever else it is. But I think God wants to expose all areas of fear. I do. And actually, you know, I, I actually believe, and I think you'd be in agreement with this, that this is not just the human brokenness and issues of sin, which it certainly is. I actually believe we're in a moment in America where we are dealing with a spiritual agenda of fear, a demonic stronghold of fear that is provoked itself against the church. And it's something that we need to grow in. We need to learn. We need to learn how to stand against fear and how to just constantly let Jesus do that. And, and it almost what you said, Bannon, goes into the second thing that I felt like got revealed, which was a heartbreaking thing. And I, I think I can say I'm, I'm grateful that this wasn't in me, but it was the great challenge of pastoring is that many people have falsely placed their allegiance, not in the kingdom of God, but in a political kingdom of the world. And that's not saying I'm a follower of Jesus. I have a lot of convictions as a follower of Jesus, and I have no problem letting those lead me to political convictions. So I'm not saying political convictions aren't- Or engaging the political realm. Or engaging the political realm. But there is a difference between I'm, I, I belong to the kingdom of God and I'm a follower of Jesus. And this is the way I'm going to steward that part of my life in politics. And instead, actually having your trust in I'm safe if my political party is in charge. And again, I saw that everywhere. That wasn't right. That wasn't just left. I mean, it was literally a consuming fear that if my party is not in charge, the world is going to fall apart. And you realize people had placed a false allegiance in the political, and I'm not saying if one party wasn't in charge that certain things that are, 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 are harmful wouldn't happen. And if one party wasn't in charge, the other things, it's not saying that there isn't reality, but when it provokes fear to the level it did, it shows you that your hope is not in the kingdom of God. Your hope is in a political party. And that, that grieved me. And that was, it was, for me personally, that was probably the single hardest part of pastoring through 2020 was having, trying to help people see that there was something a little bit 
off only to have them accuse you that of, of being unwilling to stand for whatever they were trying to ask you to stand for. Yeah, totally. I think for me, I would just mention two things and I want to talk about the invitation on these. One would be that we're not as unified as maybe we thought we were as a people when we allow certain things to come in and bring division at the level they did. And uh, even around the race issues, it was so astounding to me when I just thought, you know, I told our church for a while, I said, this is a moment to be slow to speak and quick to listen. But people did not want to be slow to speak and quick to listen. <laughs> they were quick to speak and slow to listen if they listened at all. And it was very intriguing to me where I thought, oh, it's, it's amazing that we actually, we won't do the work of unity. And I think it's all fear driven, to be honest with you. I think it's all fear driven. Fear of being deceived, fear of what well, there's all this fear that's in there but um but i i realized like wow there, there's a maturity where people say i'm going to move towards relationship i'm going to move towards unity even when it's costly but that requires that i listen that requires that i don't speak right away and man people just could not not people it's such a general statement but a lot of people i thought man it's really fascinating how how is this a controversial statement I think it's a season of James where we're to be slow to speak and quick to listen. Like, when did that become controversial? But it kind of did because we so easily kind of let division come in and maybe unity isn't up there on the top of our list. <laughs> yeah. And, I, so, and, I, and, I, and I've asked my church recently, when, when did compassion become a statement that I uh, believe something? When, when did mercy get relegated that mercy tells me my convictions or my political beliefs? Like, have we gotten that blind that to, that we show, we only show love to people who are in like the yeah. exact same place as us. It's just heartbreaking. Yeah. And then I think the fourth thing that I want to talk about what is the invitation on all of these is, um, and this is a personal one and I walk with people, but you know, when there's, there's a lot of, it's just a stressful environment right now. There's, there's families that are divided and there's a ton of unknowns and uncertainty. And there's, it feels like every day you wake up, there's more stress involved with whatever else. And, and I think recognizing as well is that for many people, um, we, we, you know, how to handle the emotions of it all. Like, like just, are we emotionally healthy people? Are we emotionally mature people? Do we know what to do with that type of stuff to navigate the emotions of it all? I mean, so many emotions involved in so much of this stuff. And I, and I think, uh, for whatever reason, I, I, I don't know, I think the church is, I think the church, again, a general statement, has moved towards this stuff for sure. But, but this isn't just... Like you can't just get hyped up to get through this. You have to, you have to get emotionally healthy to get through this. Unless, you know, so I think for a lot of people, it got revealed that like, I don't know if I really know what to do with, emo with, with what's going on inside of me yeah. with this level of pressure. I totally agree. So here would be the question. So I really believe that this was a season of, and this is just what I would want to kind of prophetically tell people. I believe that we still are, but we've been in a season of revealing that God in his grace in many ways is coming and saying, I want to reveal some foundational things. Uh, I, I want to reveal a uh, fear that's in your foundation. I want to reveal what you've put your trust in. 
I want to reveal that you're more connected to a political system than the kingdom. I want to reveal that, um, you know, when our response is not unity, but division, like uh, he's, he's revealing that stuff. I want to reveal that, that we have to learn what to do. We have to recognize what's going on inside of us. How do we walk out healthy emotions, right? Is that making sense, that long list? But I really believe that when he reveals something, it's not just to shame us. It's not just to show us what's wrong. It's an invitation to go deeper and get healthier. It really is. It's an invitation where God says, no, you don't have to stay there though. Like, let me reveal to you that there's fear in your foundation. There's fear in your foundation, but there's an invitation to trust me at a deeper level. There's an invitation to root out that fear and replace it with trust. And so what, on some of the things we've talked about, how do people respond to that invitation? What, what do we do to respond to that invitation? Because I want to see people come out of this season with greater clarity of what God revealed to them in their life and then greater intentionality about how to respond to the invitation. Not just that like we either saw that, one, the horrible thing would be we don't see it. The next worst thing is we see it, but don't do anything about it. But the best is, is we see that and then we respond to the invitation of Jesus to go deeper and get healthier. So uh, uh, we'll just talk through fear right now. Fear's in the foundation of our lives. What do we do with that? Yeah, well, I mean, even in this, like, because I, it's almost uh, when when you are going through this personally as a pastor in some ways, then it helps you articulate some of these steps of how you get through it. And for me, what I've realized, and this has started to become the vision of what I'm talking about with our church, I would I would say there's three steps. There's pruning, getting in alignment, and then receiving new authority. And I really believe those are the, that is what God is trying to do in his church right now, right? The whole vision, John 15, this crazy vision into, into intimacy with God. And what's Jesus's first invitation of intimacy? I've got to cut some stuff off your life. Yeah. Yep, yep, and yep. it's that picture of going, why? Because there's, you, you've fallen in love with some of these branches that they're, you know, you love them. You take identity in them. You maybe they make you feel good. They make you feel safe. But the truth is they're just, they're blocking kingdom fruit. And so it's that place of pruning. And in that place of pruning, what God does is he gets us in alignment and gets us whole. And then when he gets us whole, he gets us with authority. And I think that's yeah. what I, I would say, what I believe God is trying to do right now in the season, that what, how he's trying to reverse what the enemy intended for evil is the enemy's trying to crush the church and Jesus is going to use it to give the church authority. And I even think of that place of fear. It's that, it's that coming in and letting God prune, letting him prune, getting in alignment, getting whole in that place of like, it's, we have to exchange that place of fear for uh, trust in God. We have to be willing to break fear of man. We have to be willing to break fear of rejection. And you only break those things by confronting them. And yep. then ultimately God wants to give us authority over those very places of fear that are going to, that how it's steward the season. It's interesting you mentioned uh, pruning because, man, in, in our, in our, not in our theology, but in how we practically walk things out, we see pruning as such a negative because everything's about growth, everything's about moving forward, everything. And sometimes it's like, no, we've got to prune. And anytime Jesus prunes, it's because he's trying to get you to a place of greater fruit. And, and we all have heard that analogy that, you know, you have to prune trees unless they're going to be limited. They, they, they are limited. They've reached their capacity unless you prune them back 
so that they can grow healthier and more fruit. And, and I think I just want to come alongside people and say, hey, listen, it was a revealing season. It was a, but, but allow God to come prune. Allow him to come prune your life because this is a good thing. This is a good thing. But I do think it requires some intentionality. All the stuff we're talking about, where's my trust? Am I more connected to a political system than a kingdom system, uh, than, than the kingdom? You know, have I allowed things to come in to push me away from unity rather than towards unity? Uh, do I even know what to do with my emotions? All of those things getting revealed and pruned is, is, is to bring us to a place of invitation. And one of the things, we have a school leadership that's phenomenal, by the way, and you all should check out. Jesus Culture School of Leadership, it's really actually an incredible program. It's, a, it's really amazing. We're about to, we'll open up, uh, we're just about to open up um, whatever it's called. What would it be? Registration? Applications? Uh, we're going to open up the application process uh, pretty quick. You should check it out. You can, you can come in person or you can join online either way this year. But one of the things I'm consistently telling this group as we're developing this leaders is leaders are both aware and intentional. So one of the things that leaders do is you pay attention. I'm aware. I'm paying attention. I'm aware of my emotions. I'm aware of another person. I'm aware of what God's doing. I'm paying attention. So one of the things I want to get you to do is pay attention during the season. What is God doing? Where is he pruning? Where is he revealing? Pay attention. But then the other thing leaders do is they're intentional. So leaders are aware. They pay attention. And then they're intentional. They're moving forward with intentionality. They're deliberate. They've got a plan. And so that's that thing. And, and I would encourage you with all this type of stuff. We don't even have to go deep into this stuff, to be honest with you. I just think my main challenge to you today is take some time to say, God, what are the areas that you've revealed in me? And then what's the invitation that you're giving me? And, and how can I intentionally respond to that? I think a lot of people think they just fall into growth. You know, they just fall into growth. They just fall into whatever else. And it, I don't think it works like that. No, and I actually, this whole season, right, I've been aware that God has been doing a pruning work in me. And when you're getting pruned, you don't want to get pruned. Like never, you never want this. But there's a point where I, I like woke up to what was happening. Yes. And it was just the picture was, oh, I'm, I'm going to get my shears and I'm joining you. And I would just say that's, that's the part of this where it's like, you can resist, but I'm just telling you, it's time to get your shears and join God in this printing. Because here's the sad, here's the sad thing I've learned just through my own life. And is that you have two choices. You can try to be comfortable or you can have authority. You can't have both. They don't, they, you cannot have both. And God is trying to give you something better than comfort. He's yep. trying to give you authority, but that authority is going to require you stepping into the invitation and, and letting God do this work in your yeah. life. And listen, as uh, men in our, well, you're not in your forties yet as middle-aged close. men, I'm getting close <laughs> as middle-aged men, you begin to very quickly find out that you have to be, you have to part, you have to join in on that process. You know, as in my physical health, you know, my early 20s, it does feel like I just fell into it. It just didn't feel like it was that hard or whatever. But as you get older, like, now nah, you don't really fall into physical health. Uh, uh, you have to be deliberate about it. And so I love it, man. Pick up the shears and go join Jesus, what he's doing. So here's what we challenge you guys. Here, here's what I would say. And I, I know that um, we, we're not even diving deep into each one of these, but more than diving deep into these things, I just want to encourage you. 
where is God pruning your life? I love that phrase, Phil. Pick up your shears and join him and respond to the invitation to go deeper and healthier in this season. Don't miss this season. And I think we can really see that this season could be a gift if that happens. And so uh, we're just going to continue to challenge you with you on that. Well, guys, listen, we so appreciate you joining with us. Thanks for uh, letting me jump. I don't know if you had a choice, but thanks for letting me jump back on as the host here. And uh, we're excited for all that's ahead, really. We're excited for all that God's going to be doing. Excited to be able to partner with World Vision. And uh, you can, like we said, check them out and jump in and get involved. Uh, but we're excited just to continue to jump in. And really, we want to be people, like we said, that just come alongside you and say, man, let's grow together. Let's grow spiritually. We don't want to stay where we are in our spiritual life. We want to get better and we want to grow. So we're going to do that. Well, as always, you can uh, get on, like us on all the podcast networks, press the little star button, leave some comments, subscribe at YouTube, do all that type of stuff. But thanks for joining us. We'll be back again 